the Congregation of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, is pleased to bring you this Bible study broadcast entitled Shi'ar Jeshub, which in Hebrew means, A Remnant Shall Return. Hi, I'm your hostess, Patty Scalzo, and today we will be listening to the continuation of the sermon from 1 Samuel chapters 5 and 6, delivered by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo. This is just one section of a Through the Bible series on heavenly authority. And when we left off in our last program, Pastor had read about the devastation and judgment which God brought upon the Philistine cities responsible for capturing the Ark of the Covenant and upon their idol of the false god Dagon. So let's pick up the sermon as Pastor Greg reads from 1 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 2, where the Philistines desperately seek a solution to their situation. And the Philistines called for the priests and diviners, their pagan priests and their diviners, saying, What shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us how we should send it to his place. How are we going to get rid of it? By what means do we get rid of it and restore things to normal? They want to send it back. They're trying to make it right. They want to make offerings. And they understood in those days that if you wanted to pacify, if the God felt you trespassed, you needed to appease it some way. And they took the truth of the sacrifices of Abel and they perverted it into superstition. So they want to make offerings also to pacify this God who has been heavy on them and heavy on their God, Dagon. Tell us how we should send it to its place. And you know, they're great for making gold images, so part of their solution and offering will be idolatry also. So they said, these diviners and these priests, verse 3, if you send away the ark of the God of Israel, do not send it empty, but by all means return it to him with a trespass offering. Then you will be healed, and it will be known to you why his hand is not removed from you. Interpretation. We're going to see if that's what's really going on. We're going to send it back. We're going to make the offering for our trespasses, for our sins. And if everything goes away, we know that's what it was because we had the ark here. So they're making a test. Verse 4, then they said, what is the trespass offering which we shall return to him? They answered, five golden tumors and five golden rats, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines. For the same plague was on all of you and on your lords. They have those five cities, Geza, Ashkelon, Ashdad, Ekron, and Gath. So they're going to have five tumors. They make the tumor a thing of plague, an object for idolatry. Let's fashion them. And the rats that are overrunning it, well, let's fashion them. We'll make little rats, like little rat gods, and place it before the God of Israel to make an offering for our sins. Their minds are filled with idolatry. For the same plague was on all of you and on your lords. Both the people, the common people, and the nobility were struck of the Philistines. So five for the lords and five for the cities. Therefore, verse 5, you shall make images of your tumors and images of your rats that ravage the land. And you shall give glory to the God of Israel. 
perhaps he will lighten, he will ease his hand from you, from your gods and from your lands. It's almost laughable as you read it that people could think in such a way. Although they're getting the point that they're being punished by the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. At least they're trying to figure out some way to make it right. You have to say there's a degree of wisdom in this lunacy compared to the fact that the Israelites had that ark all these years and they haven't learned to treat God with holiness and the proper respect and reverence. So in a way, in their crazy pagan way, they're actually a step ahead of the Israelites. They're trying here to get the right spiritual vibes, these dividers, on how to deal with this situation. Send it back so that the plagues will cease. He'll lighten his hand from you and your gods and your land. Verse 6, why then do you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? When he did mighty things among them, did they not let the people go that they might depart? So the history of what happened several hundred years before with Pharaoh, Egypt was the predominant power in those days, has lasted. They know about it. And still to this point gives them great fear. Remember what happened to the Egyptians. And don't do the same thing. Let it go. He let the people go. You let the ark go. Now, therefore, make a new cart. Take two milk cows. What are milk cows? Those are cows that are nursing their young calves, right? Take two milk cows, which have never been yoked, so they don't know what it's like to have a yoke on them and be directed in a certain way. Hitch the cows to the cart and take their calves home away from them. So bring the calves back home. They're doing their own Gideon fleece here. They're still not sure if what's going on is from the God of Israel. They suspected the spiritual vibes of their diviners suspected, but they're going to test it now in how they send back the ark of God. So take these milk cows. They haven't been yoked. Yoke them together. Put the cart behind it. Take the calves. What does the cow want to do? The cow is going to want to go back to its calves, right? A nursing cow will go to its calves, not away from it. And then send it away. Let it go. Verse 8, then take the ark of the Lord and set it on the cart and put the articles of gold which you are returning to him, all those little golden tumors and rats, put them as a trespass offering in a chest by its side. Put that little chest with those things, or that large chest with those things by the side of the ark and then send it away and let it go. Verse 9, and watch. If it goes up the road to its own territory, to Beth Shemesh, then he has done us this great evil. But if not, then we shall know that it is not his hand that struck us. It happened to us by chance. How much does it take for them to get it? They set up this test. They want to make sure it's from Yahweh. So, but Shemesh is a town or a valley, you can see it on the map, that's 15 miles west of Jerusalem, but 8 miles east of Ekron. You see it up there, right? It's in the middle. It's one of the Levitical cities that you read about in Joshua chapter 21 verse 16 that was taken from the allotment of Judah and given to the sons of Aaron. So the Lord is even using the Philistines to bring the ark to the proper place because if it's going to be handled you need Levites and priests, right? And they say let's send it to this town probably not realizing it's a Levitical town. It's a town out of Judah, 
And you see how the ark now is settling down towards mm. Judah and away from Joseph. And if not, if it doesn't, if it comes back to its calves, right, then it's by chance. And how often do some people try to explain the miracle power of God, try to explain it away by chance? We know a situation years ago when a woman was healed of cancer, of a tumor. We're speaking about tumors here. And she, this was a local situation. She went to speak to someone about it. And the woman said, well, you know, those things happen all the time. You know, every once in a while the body heals itself. We don't know how the body heals. It happens by chance. How many times people try to explain away the power of God by chance? Even the creation itself, all the complexity of the creation, many people will explain away by chance. It's called the theory of evolution. Or as they say in Europe now, if you listen to one of the PBS programs, they don't say evolution, they say evolution, which is probably more proper because it sounds like evolution, and it certainly is evil. Verse 10, then the men did so. They took the two milk cows and hitched them to the cart and sh shut up their calves at home. They sent the ark of the Lord on the cart and the chest with the gold rats and the images of their tumors. <laughs> Can you imagine the guy sitting there forging the image of the tumor? You know, let me see your tumor. I want to make a, a gold idol of it. Then the cows headed straight for the road to Beth Shemesh and went along the highway lowing as they went. They probably wanted to go back to their calves, but they're going, and they're going straight. And they did not turn aside to the right hand or the left hand. Remember, they've never been yoked. You put you know, cows or oxen on a yoke, and initially they're gonna go in every which direction until they're used to it. There's no one directing the cart, there's no driver. By rights, they should turn back, but there is a driver, it's the Lord God Almighty. He's directing those cows to go not to the left, not to the right, but straight ahead to Beth Shemesh. And the lords of the Philistines went after them to the border of Beth Shemesh. This is an eight to 10 mile, as we said, track that they're going straight, never turning aside, never turning back home, never going to their calves. Verse 13, now the people of Beth Shemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley. And they lifted their eyes and saw the ark and rejoiced to see it. They must have figured it was gone, never to come back. Then the cart came into the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh and stood there. Stop. God stops the cart right there. And a large stone was there. So we're told right over here is a large stone. So they split the wood of the cart. They used that as the wood for the fire. And they offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. They have a thanksgiving an offering of thanksgiving for the fact that the ark is back in Israel. Verse 15, Then the Levites took the ark of the Lord with the chest that was with it, in which were the articles of gold, and put them on the large stone. And then the men of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and made sacrifices the same day to the Lord. So the Levites are there, as we said, it's a Levitical town. It was one in Judah given to the sons of Aaron. Verse 16, so when the five lords of the Philistines had seen it, they returned to Ekron the same day. They're satisfied. They got rid of it. They received no ransom for it. Actually, for that matter, they had to give money away to get rid of it, but they were just glad to get rid of it because of the great punishment on their people. Notice 
that God here gets a victory over the Philistines with this symbol of his power and his presence, and there's not even a need for one single Israelite. The impact of this ark, the holiness of this symbol, is displayed to the pagans by what happens here these seven months, but God would not give the victory to the Israelites at Ebenezer when the ark was brought out with Hophni and Phinehas, with the apostate people. He was not going to give them the victory, but still now he displays his power, and he doesn't need a single Israelite. Actually, the defeat of Israel at Ebenezer was not a matter of whether the ark was with them or not. Rather, it was their own presence. Forget the presence of the ark. It was their own presence. When Samson took down the Philistines, the ark wasn't there. It was the presence of the people in their sin who knew not their Lord that brought the defeat. Because without a single Israelite, God disgraces, shames the five lords and the five powerful cities of the Philistines. We know it is terribly difficult to find the time to write in today's fast-paced world. But if you could find the time to drop us a postcard, your words of encouragement would be a real blessing. Our address is Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. And as always, we welcome you to join us at our church service. Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m in the upper room of the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. May the Lord's presence overflow in your life as you serve Him.